With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Shock Jock Nick's podcast on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, episode 27. Happy New Year, everybody. First show of 2020. Sean St. Jacques back here with you on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, postingandtoasting.com at SJ7. On Twitter, man, I hope you guys had a great holiday season, great new year as well. Of course, the first few days of the new year, the celebrations continue and things like that as we kick off, can you believe it, 2020 and the next part of the NBA season is in full swing. A lot of stuff to get to on the show today as always, what a week for the New York Knicks. Uh, complete polar opposite of where I was uh, a week ago, last time I talked with you before the new year. Obviously, I, I recorded last week's podcast uh, right before the Knicks beat the Nets at the Barclays Center uh, because just because of you know what I was doing personally, holidays and other work and things like that. That's how it had to be, but you're going to get my reaction to that game and two more dubs over the last week for the Knicks as well phenomenal week for mike miller phenomenal week for the players Uh, i thought the fans the last couple of games uh whether it's been traveling or at the garden for the trailblazers it's just been phenomenal uh unbelievable run uh that the knicks have kind of gone on to turn around what was a three-game losing streak last time i spoke with you guys on the show and now it's been night and day Uh, the knicks have really started to hit a little bit of a stride they're making a little bit of moves in the standings as well. Could make more if they keep winning games. And I, I got to say, you know, after a couple of negative kind of shows, I'm heaping a lot of positives on this Nick team, on this Nick coaching staff, and a little bit, just a little bit for now on the front office, just a little bit for these last couple of games. Because when you win, you, you get to have that kind of positivity uh, at least for a week. And the way the Knicks have been winning as well, has been very good to see as well. Uh, let's start. Let's start with the Brooklyn game. I want to start there first because, to be honest with you, uh, it, it didn't look great early on. I watched a, just about all of the game. I missed a little bit of the second quarter uh, due to some personal, re- you know, family being around and and things like that. I don't. I don't mean like I was. I had to hand in a sick note and missed, you know, the parts of the second quarter. You know, family was over, uh, so didn't get to watch. Um, all of the second quarter, you know, handing out food and making sure everybody was comfortable and and things like that. Knicks ended the first quarter really strongly. The second quarter was a little bit of a drop off, but but the third quarter is is really what I wanted to to push on this week's show. Looking at this game specifically, the Knicks were phenomenal in that third quarter. They really were. Listen, you know that the Nets are, are they're pushing for a playoff position and and things like that. Um, I, I look at the third quarter specifically. Listen, two things stand out to me about the third quarter. Number one, I, I really thought you know, in in after halftime, 
when it kind of felt like Brooklyn was working their way back into the game. And it kind of felt like, you know, it felt like it was going to be a low scoring game, but it also felt like any moment Brooklyn might be able to go on a run, even with, you know, the guys out that they have out to maybe put the game out of reach. But the Knicks started it out really strong. And it was really RJ Barrett and Julius Randle who were the catalysts and it was a, it was a tight game at the start of the court and they kind of slowly but surely built the lead up to double figures. Alfred Payton made a big three-pointer I think with around seven and a half to go in the court. I thought that was huge as well and then Marcus Morris hit a couple of big buckets as well. And before you knew it the Knicks had a 17-point lead and that they didn't it didn't feel like they had to go through a lot of effort to get to that lead. And, and of course, you had a feeling Brooklyn was going to come back. But then the Knicks kept pushing. They kept pushing. And before you knew it, Peyton drives. And it's a 21-point lead with under four to play in the in the third. And in a rare game this season, in a rare game this season, because of the way the Knicks were defending, I felt comfortable with a 20-point lead, a 22-point lead, actually, after Mitchell Robinson made a bucket, I think, late in the third quarter. I felt good going into the fourth quarter. I didn't think we would win by that many, but I felt good going into the fourth. I think the Knicks had a 79-61 lead going into the fourth, and I felt really good about it for the first time in a long time just because of the way the Knicks were defending, and they weren't letting the Nets get any shots. And to be fair, you know, Dinwiddie, I think, missed a couple of free throws late in the third as well. That kind of gave me the confidence that Brooklyn was a li- was not only rattled, but, but on their home floor, quote-unquote, they were struggling to get things going on offense. And to hold them to 82 points you know, was, was extremely impressive. And listen, Julius Randle on the night was phenomenal. I, I thought he was the go-to guy that we've been looking for with this team since it was put together after the Knicks missed out on the two guys that the Nets ended up getting. And you look, you look at what Julius Randle did in that game, 33 points. You look at what Marcus Morris did. He chipped in with his normal amount, 22 points. My guy, again, Alfred Payton, continues to be phenomenal for this Knicks team. 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 4 assists. Even got a steal as well. And even R.J. Barrett, not shooting great in the game, made a couple of key buckets. Only had 5 points, made a couple of key buckets had seven rebounds, a couple of key assists in the game as well. Listen, didn't shoot well from the field at all. He really didn't. But that's what helps when you have a guy off the bench like Mitchell Robinson that can come in and play really well. 10 points, 10 rebounds, and a couple of nasty blocks that helped the Knicks get their first win against the Nets this season. And it just, it, it was coming, to be fair. the the, the la- I think the Knicks have played the Nets two or three times before that this season, correct me if I'm wrong, and... Came very close both times. Maybe should have won at least one of those earlier. Completely deserved the win. Just based on the defensive side of the game, the Knicks just were grinding this game out and made a couple of key shots in the third and closed the game out in the fourth. And I think Brooklyn outscored them in the fourth, but it, but it was it really came down to those nitty-gritty defensive plays, the extra plays on the defensive end of the floor. And you know, the Knicks didn't get to the free throw line a ton, 15 times. By the way, Brooklyn got to the line 36 times a fourth of their a fourth of their points came from the free throw line actually a little bit more than that they still didn't get the win Knicks only missed four of 15 free throws that ended up being key down the stretch Brooklyn missed nine free throws that ended up being pretty crucial down the stretch for them so 
those those are the little things when they go your way it always helps you never know Knicks end up winning a tw- the game by I believe 10 or 12 points and they got to feel they obviously felt really good about that that was such a big win and and I remember I said after that loss to the Wizards I thought that was the worst Nick loss of the season the Knicks avenged the loss later on in the week over the Wizards 107 to 100 and who's there again doing the work on the offensive and really on both ends another monster game from Julius Randle I thought he was phenomenal again uh I don't need to rattle you know four assists away from a triple double I know he had five turnovers but I I mean 30 and 16 was it I mean my god just a monster just a monster Marcus Morris I think was in double figures better game from RJ Barrett and again like I, I mentioned this last week this is one of the big positives with the bench you've got a guy like Bobby Portis that can come off and give you 17 points in 21 minutes off the pine and Mitchell Robinson again he's consistently putting points up now only played 13 minutes but was a point and an assist away from a double double I mean that's what I'm talking about that's what we're looking for finally Frank Nilakina puts in a good game off the bench eight points five assists uh, although a five free throws to get to those eight points but you get them however you, you take them however you can get them and I really thought that the key performance from this game and I just kind of glossed over him a little bit, but seriously, huge performance from Bobby Portis off the bench. The Knicks needed that scoring in this game, especially after that really rough second quarter where the Wizards didn't didn't really get defended too well and got right back into that game after the Knicks outscored them by 10 in the opening quarter. That third quarter again was the difference, and the Knicks ended up pulling away and getting the win. And apologies for the phone going off in the studio there. But it, just a huge win for the Knicks. They needed that so badly. And I, I team performance, right? I mean, that's what we've been looking for on the on both ends of the floor. Knicks efficient from three, efficient from the line, pretty efficient from the field as well, shooting 45%, though they had 85 shots. Phenomenal. 107-100. They make it two in a row. And I, I got to be honest, going into the game against the Trailblazers, cautiously optimistic Mello back again uh he had his best game of the season at least points wise although he was very efficient if I remember correctly from the field as well didn't pay too much attention to them but what a job the Knicks did on Damian Lillard I mean I really thought that it it was one of those things where if you had told me before the game the numbers that that ended up happening I mean Hassan Whiteside did his job I thought I thought CJ McCollum He's the Robin to Damian Lillard's Batman. He he chipped in with, I think, 17 points, although it took him 16 shots to get there. Damian Lillard took 20 shots, got 11 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. And if Carmelo doesn't go off, I mean, this, this could have been even worse for Portland. The Knicks just routed the Trailblazers, who, yes, you could argue have been very underwhelming this season in the Western Conference. I mean, I was looking at them... Uh, going into that game they're still very much in the playoff hunt it's not as uh you know the one through seven in the west is pretty deep yeah and certainly one of the teams that's been surprising the heck out of me has been oklahoma city i thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the west and and there they are they're seventh in the west right now right there uh at least for right now securely in a playoff spot although very early stages as far as the playoff chase for the western conference with so many teams still in the mix although there's a drop-off between seventh and eighth the spurs are 14 and 18 portland is still in the mix they're only a game and a half back 
in the Western Conference as I record the show. So the Knicks beat a team that's a playoff team. They, they really did a team that has a couple of studs in Lillard and McCallum and really neutralized them, especially Lillard. I know he almost still got a triple-double a couple of assists away, but 5 of 20, 35 minutes, only put up 11 points at the Garden, 10 rebounds. Phenomenal job defensively by the Knicks. And, and I got to tell you, it's the guard play. I ripped the guard play to shreds last show, specifically Frank Nilakina and a little bit on uh, Bear, or rather Peyton and Dennis Smith Jr., though we haven't seen Dennis Smith Jr. recently. But Peyton, I, I, I told you he was going to step up. He has stepped up. And the last couple of nights, we have seen more of what we have, more what we saw earlier in the season from Frank Nilakina. And I am willing to put my hand up and say that Nilakina has been really, really good the last couple of games. There's no question about that. I don't seem to hear from you uh, and get the uh, objective response from you when he's not good, but I'm willing to give it to you when he is. He was really, really good. Phenomenal against Portland specifically. Was good against the Washington Wizards. Was phenomenal against Portland. I think he almost had a double-double. He had 10 assists. I think he had nine, eight or nine points. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I got to tell you, the guy for me, the MVP of these last couple of games, this, this three-game winning streak, obviously Julius Randle, 22 points, 13 rebounds. He's been a man amongst boys at times in these games for the Knicks. But a special shout-out needs to be made for Mitchell Robinson. What a, what a run this kid has been on, and this is what we saw from him. This is the potential that he can bring night in and night out to the Knicks, and the front office needs credit here. I mean, they were the ones that plucked him out of the second round, and here he is starting to really shine under Mike Miller. And we saw the signs under David Fisdale. Fisdale didn't get enough time, I think, to really blossom with this roster, but Mike Miller's get reaping the <laughs> reaping the rewards. He's getting the benefits of it. And you know what? Good on him. You know, good on him. He had a really rough stretch after the two-game winning streak where the Knicks looked like they were in free fall. He's turned it around and we're getting 22 points and 8 rebounds, perfect 11 of 11 from the field. From Mitchell Robinson, phenomenal. Just phenomenal off the bench. We finally got to see a little bit from Reggie Bullock. 11 points off the bench. And if you want to go plus minus, he was plus 19 off the bench. Phenomenal. I mean, that's exactly what the Knicks were looking for with this team. Another 18, by the way, from Marcus Morris. Although it was 19 shots to get there. We still had 7 rebounds and 3 assists in the 117-93 victory over a playoff potential team in the Western Conference in the Portland Trailblazers. And the guards deserve a lot of credit for guarding Damian Lillard, Nilakina, and Peyton and the like. And I got to tell you, I mean, the only negative for me, there's only one negative from the last couple of games, two players for me that, I, that I've really not seen enough from. Listen, Taj Gibson's old. He's not going to play well every night. And I, you know, we, not a storyline as far as I'm concerned. But, but Damian Dotson off the bench hasn't been great the last couple of nights. And, and, and I got to be honest, I, I haven't been thrilled at times with Kevin Knox. And I know he had five points and seven rebounds, but 17 minutes. And listen, other guys are getting opportunities. I mean, that, that's the thing. And Kevin Knox, you know, I want him to be part of this. He, he could be very important to this Knicks team. But there's times where he, he really needs to assert himself on both ends of the floor. He's not consistent enough yet. And that worries me. Like, it worries me with Frank Nilakina. 
at some point he's got to take the next step. And at times we're seeing that with Nilakina, not enough in my opinion, but at times we are seeing it and it makes a big impact in the game. To be fair, even when Kevin Knox makes an impact, sometimes it's not as big of a deal as I as I'd like to see from him. He's not always a major factor in the game and far enough along that I than where I think he should be with the talent that he has. I feel like he should be a little bit further along than where he is right now. And listen, Damian Dotson is a little harsh. He's supposed to be a guy off the bench that every once in a while has a big game. He's not going to give you 10, 15 every night, but there have been a couple of games recently where he's given you nothing. You know, he really hasn't done a whole lot in the 10, 15 minutes he's played. They're little things. You know, the, the bottom line is three-game winning streak for the New York Knicks. And don't look now, but the Knicks are a couple of wins away from being in the playoff race. Now, don't don't you dare do what I just did for a moment before the show, which you say, well, if they do this and they do that, and then this team loses and this team loses, who knows? There's still a long way to go, and there's a lot. There's time. There's going to be time. There's going to be time for that later in the season. For right now, the Knicks have the second best winning streak in the Eastern Conference, behind only one team, and that one team is the team with the best record not only in the Eastern Conference, but in the NBA right now, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks, who have won four in a row. Give the Knicks their due. One thing that has to improve, I know it's going to be easier said than done, if the Knicks are going to get back into any semblance of, quote-unquote, the mix, they've got to start winning division games. I mean, the, the, the win over the Nets was their first division win all season long. And the Knicks have half of their wins in the Eastern Conference as well. Five of their 10 wins have come from the West. Now that, you know, you'll take wins where you can get them, but the Knicks have got to start getting more wins in division to get back in the mix here. Not even worried about that right now, but if you're looking at, if you're, if you're going to look ahead, it's natural for Knicks fans to do that after winning three straight. But if you're going to, just because it's natural, that's the stat that has to change. The Knicks have got to start winning games in the division because if they don't win those, it doesn't matter. Not going to matter in the end. You got to start winning division games that come on your schedule if you're going to get into the mix as far as the division. Uh, not even talking division title, but you know, getting back closer to where we thought the Knicks might be this season. The fact that the Knicks Knicks finally picked up that tenth win, which has been you know you never knew that when that was going to come. The Knicks are 10 and 24 as we record this show, and it's just it's just things are looking a little bit brighter than they did last time I spoke to you guys. And listen, the Knicks have a really tough stretch coming up. Maybe the toughest stretch of their entire season. And I, and I talked about this, or this is why winning these games matters even more, because I don't know where the Knicks are going to get their next win, but I have a lot more confidence than I did in them a couple of weeks ago that if they do get a chance to win these games, they can close it out. And that's the big difference. That's the biggest knock that I had on David Fisdale. Couldn't find a way with this team to close games out. And Mike Miller is reaping the rewards of a rejuvenated roster that, you know, you got to give him his credit. He's been part of. And the Knicks are closing out games strong in the third and specifically, well, the fourth they obviously have been closing games out. But the third quarters of the last couple of wins have just been phenomenal from the Knicks. They've turned it up. I mean, the, the, clearly what Mike Miller is breaking down at halftime is working. The, the, the players are responding to him. There's no question about that. And you got to give him credit because there's wins being put on the board now. 
The Knicks are finally double figures in wins. They've kind of left the Hawks a little bit of a gap behind them. And the Knicks, after losing three in a row, four of their last five, and really, you know, you kind of felt like this was a make-or-break moment for Mike Miller. You know, it really felt like that. These next three games, Knicks go on the road, win two in a row, Brooklyn and Washington, and then they beat Portland by a bunch at the Garden, 26 points, and all of a sudden, or 24 points, and and all of a sudden, the, the Knicks are a threat. They feel like a threat right now. There's a lot of weapons on this team that when they're playing, I mean, they can beat some of the best teams. They've shown that how close they can come already this season. How how much further can they take this going into 2020? You know, the New Year's Day victory was a resounding win, and it kind of kicked off 2020 in a positive light. So New Year, New Knicks, who knows? But for right now, you got to be very positive about what's going on with the Knicks. More on Mike Miller, more on the future of his coaching position and the future of the Knicks. And of course, we'll look ahead to those tough stretches coming up after a break on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network, the Shock Jock Knicks Podcast, after a break on the Posting and Toasting Podcast Network. Mike Miller. We got to kick off the second part, diving more into what he's brought to this team Obviously, I, I stick I stick by what I said, you know, with David Fisdale. A lot of people now throwing Fisdale under the bus uh, with with what Mike Miller has done the last three games. Again, you're a prisoner of the moment. I can't do much about that, uh, but you can give Mike Miller. You can give. You can absolutely give Mike Miller his due. Uh, what a response over these last couple of games to end the. 2019 year of 2019 and then starting off 2020 with a resounding win over the Portland Trailblazers and listen two things immediately that stick out to me number one is the body language on the floor I mean down the stretch specifically the Knicks are are not as passive as they were down the stretch in, in in games even earlier under Mike Miller and obviously at times under David Fisdale where he just the Knicks almost didn't know what to do, almost didn't know what to do with the ball down the stretch in the fourth quarter. The Knicks have good decision makers out on the floor, and now they're making good decisions. That's the bottom line, and this is this is what is the positives as far as going forward. If the guard play continues to pick up, like, like what we've seen, Alfred Payton and Frank Nilakina specifically. Again, Dennis Smith Jr. almost feels like a lost cause at this point with the way that Alfred Payton has been playing and now the last couple of games what we've seen from Frank Nilakina, I mean, if it keeps going like this, I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to get traded. I mean, there's no question about that. And maybe the Knicks could get something from him. Maybe that's part of the reason here. But that fuels the rest of the team. It really does. And we've seen that over the last week, what that can do. What Peyton can bring and what Nilakina is starting to bring again that we saw back in maybe November and maybe late October, this is what we've been hoping for from this team with these guards in place to take that next step. And this is what this is what Alfred Payton can give you when he starts. And when Nilakina is on, you know, we're starting to see him take that next step. It just has to be more consistent. I mean, Alfred Payton's giving you consistency night in and night out. If Nilakina can back him up and bring that off the bench, I mean, now we're talking a one-two punch that can really help the Knicks win some more games. I mean, that's what we're looking for. And five straight games, I mean, this has been the big thing with the offense. 
Five straight games, Julius Randle has been the team's leading scorer. That's what the Knicks paid for in free agency. That's the large. That's by far the longest run this season. Actually, he did. He did have four straight games during the losing streak when he led the team in scoring. But as far as the amount of points he is scoring and the amount of games, by far his best stretch of the season. 20, 35, 33, 30, 22. Julius Randle is finally being the Julius Randle the Knicks paid all that money for to make him the centerpiece free agent during this offseason. It's coming to fruition. And these last five games, the Knicks are 3-2. Three and Three-game winning streak. Should have won that Washington game. It still is a thorn in the Knicks' side, but they obviously were able to get some revenge on the Wizards. And then, of course, the, the other game was a loss at home to the team with the best record in the NBA uh, in the Milwaukee Bucks, who are probably not going to be caught as far as uh, the playoffs in the East or with the best record in the entire NBA unless the Clippers and the Lakers give a bleep about that and go on a massive run. So they're the team to beat right now. I don't know if that's gonna, how long that's going to last as far as the playoffs and things like that is concerned. That's a long way off. But, but the Knicks hung around in that game for at least a decent amount of str- a decent stretch because your best player, your best scorer, is performing at a high level. And he has been phenomenal the last five games. And the Knicks now have a three-game losing streak and have something to work with and you know some momentum to build on going on arguably their toughest stretch of the season where they go to Phoenix next. Uh, the day that I release the podcast, you guys will be taking in that game along with myself Phoenix on Friday when the show goes out 12 hours after the show goes out actually on the west coast then it gets really tough Clippers on the road after that then Lakers on the road after that obviously the same building but still to the two best teams arguably in the west back to back in a three games three day stretch very tough and then the Knicks go to a place where a lot of Eastern Conference teams seem to struggle. Uh, the Utah Jazz, after that, day after that, a back-to-back. Lakers and then the Jazz, that's a rough stretch. I mean, that's really, really tough. The Jazz are 6th in the West right now and are 13-3 and at home. That's one of the best home records in the NBA. Uh, and they've just been phenomenal all season long. And here's the deal. I, I mean... Three, what is that? Let me do the math here real quick. Those three games, those last three, I mean, in a matter of four days, you play three of the best teams in the NBA. That's a really tough stretch for the New York Knicks. It shows you how, obviously, how important that Phoenix game is. Although, listen, Phoenix are not out of the playoff race. They're only two games back with a long way to go. But that's a very winnable game for the Knicks especially the way they're playing right now. I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves here, but that's a game that if the Knicks keep their momentum, they will have a shot to win. And it it comes important because those next three are going to be really, really tough. So it'll be interesting to see how the Knicks respond going out on the road for four games in a row, how they're going to rally the troops, and can they keep the momentum rolling? Because if they do, this is where the Knicks can make up some ground. After the four-game road trip, New Orleans at home, who've just been a dumpster fire all year. I mean, this this one of the teams I so far I've been spot on with in my predictions. The New Orleans Pelicans have been terrible 
They've been absolutely terrible. They clearly don't care about playing Zion Williamson, and they don't care about anything else but being healthy for next season. It's a shame, but I saw it coming. Many people saw it coming that that, that, that look around and cover the NBA and, and have opinions that matter, I guess you could say, whatever you want to go with. They've been terrible. It's at home. you got to win that game. Miami comes in next, and all the chips are down. I mean, the Knicks, or rather, I should say, the Knicks are playing with the house's money if they get a decent road trip out of that and then beat the Pelicans, Miami comes in and the Knicks are playing with house money. Same with Milwaukee. Then they get Phoenix again. Philly again. Would love to see them get some revenge on the Sixers after the Knicks should have won a game at the Garden against them earlier this season. Then it's Cleveland on the road, the Lakers at the Garden, Toronto at the Garden, and Brooklyn at the Garden before Charlotte on the road and Memphis at home to end the month. That is now, because of the way the Knicks are playing, a winnable stretch. Games can be made up there, and the Knicks going into into February have an even easier stretch on paper. So these are the moments where if you want to really start pushing for Mike Miller to not only be in the coaching you know, hunt here, not just to stick around, but to be the head coach, these are the runs that this new momentum-found Nick team has to take advantage of. It's a really tough stretch coming up begin or to continue this month of January to continue the early stages of 2020 but then the opening is there it's right there for the Knicks middle to the end of January there's a lot of games there that if the Knicks keep this up they keep playing the way they're playing W's will come W's will come for this Nick team and the celebration I mean the stuff that we've been missing it feels like you know Reggie Bullock getting you know a water Gatorade bath whatever in the locker room after he played his first game back off of an injury and contributed to a Knicks win. I mean, that's what we're looking for. That's what we've been missing. You know, the the, the seeing the unexpected, you know, the Mitchell Robinson put back dunks, the Nilakina dunk that came out of nowhere the other night that got me off my couch and said, where's this guy been? Didn't know this guy could dunk. Where's this guy been? You know, those are, that's what we're looking for as Knicks fans. That's what we've been missing we're finally starting to get it. We get we got some momentum rolling. I, my God, second best winning streak in the Eastern Conference right now. I mean, this is what we're looking for. This is where we thought the Knicks could maybe make some headway. Can they take advantage of it? And if they can, I mean, this is where we come back to where I wanted to begin this segment. Mike Miller, his future with the Knicks looks a little bit brighter. If the Knicks are, are hanging around in February, it really does. Because that's his, I mean, again, that stretch going into February. There's a ton of winnable games on the schedule. There really are. I'm not going to die. I mean, I'm not, I, I hate to go too far down the schedule because there's still four huge games coming up all on the road. And again, three-game winning streak, you know, this is the longest winning streak of the season for the Knicks. And remember the last time we talked about a winning streak, the Knicks then went on to lose four of their next five. So keep that in mind as well. All I'm saying is this. The way the Knicks are playing right now, if they can keep that up, and it's not going to be easy, especially with the schedule coming up, and I keep coming back to that. They're could be some very fun basketball coming up at the Garden. There could be some very interesting games down the pike for the New York Knicks where you start to say, 
oh, you start to really check the standings and you go, oh man, wait a minute now. That's it. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Mike Miller is interesting because I still don't think he's the long-term option for the Knicks. Three, a three-game winning streak doesn't do that for me. And if it does that for you, you're nuts. You're absolutely nuts. If you think that one three-game winning streak from Mike Miller means hand him the reins or makes you think, hey, you know, this guy's a, this guy's a genius. It's three games. And to be fair, to be fair, you know, Washington's terrible. <laughs> I mean, come on. The Knicks should have won that other game. They didn't win. They got the revenge. They won the, they won the game on December 28th. Brooklyn, they should have beaten twice already this season. They finally got the win. The Portland game is the one that stands out to me. They, they dominated Lillard, at least as far as limiting his scoring. They, they kept McCollum at bay for the most part. And the guys that beat him, Carmelo Anthony specifically, didn't do enough to, to even keep the Portland Trailblazers in the game. That's the game that stands out where you go, wow, if the Knicks can play like that, they're going to win some games. And if they win some games, where are they going to be in late January, early February? Because then it gets interesting. And then you look at Mike Miller and you think, hey, what's going on with this guy? What's, you know, what has been, you know, what was a slow start is now all of a sudden, you know, this guy's making a difference. This guy is obviously doing something that is making this team play better. It's It's been a better team performance. The guys are still fighting for the cause night in and night out. And now they're getting results. What does that mean for his future? And the front office has got to feel like, at least for the time being, they've got a little bit of a lifeline. They've got a little bit of a lifeline right now because of this three-game winning streak, and that's got to continue for them to keep their jobs as well. So you, they got to be, they, they're on oxygen right now, but they just got a little bit of hope from these last three games. And I couldn't be happier, but I know that there's a long way to go if the Knicks want to get to where they want to be this season, which is, again... Right now, again, 10 and 24, you're 34 games into an 82-game season. Many people, or at least, you know, people around the Knicks organization and you look at, more specifically, Nick fans and, and what we've said about it, you know, I remember my target earlier this season was roughly 30 to 33 wins for this Nick team. It's very possible right now because the Knicks are, again, playing some of their best basketball, if not their best basketball of the season, but it's going to come down to this. How consistently can they play like this? Can they keep guys healthy? And when it gets tough, can the Knicks fight back in games? Because that's been one of the big things that will come up at some point. That Yes, the Knicks have been able to cut deficits down and things like that, but a lot of times they don't get over the top. There will be games where the Knicks need to come back to try to get wins. Can they pull that kind of stuff off? These are things that are part of team growth throughout the season. Can the guards keep this up? I really hope so. That's the key for me. Can Alfred Payton and Frank Nilakina keep playing like they've played the last, for Nilakina a couple of games? For Alfred Payton, I mean, we're talking a couple of weeks now where he's consistently being, if not the leading assist man, right there. I mean, for the last five games, Payton's led the team in assists. And if you want to go even further back, you look at six of the last eight, Alfred Payton has led the team in assists. And it goes back even further than that. 
this has been the guy the last couple of weeks. Whether it's been on the off the bench and now finally in the starting lineup. He's made a difference. And clearly Mike Miller, some of those tweaks, he, he has been tweaking a little bit with the roster the last couple of weeks. And it's starting to work. It's starting to work. It's showing up in the win column. I'm excited to see what happens next. But if you're not cautiously optimistic, I mean, you're not a Nick fan. I, I mean, I, I can't, I don't know what to tell you. You can't get too far ahead of yourselves here. But, I mean, this is night and day from where we were last week. Night and day. Really is. From where we were right before Christmas to where we are in 2020, it feels like a new team. It really does. It feels like a brand new team. And, and one of the things that, that can't be ignored is how well Mitchell Robinson's been playing the last couple of weeks. And we're finally starting to see it show, scoring-wise, more importantly than anything else. Because he's always been, you know, he'll go through stretches where he's, you know, leading the team in rebounds or blocked shots, of course. So you always get that with Mitchell Robinson and and things like that. But we're finally starting to see him put the ball in the basket consistently. We're starting to see what I wanted to see from him when I was talking about him earlier in the season Double-double machine every night. Every night. I want to see double-doubles every night. And we've started to see that. We really have. And he's a huge X factor for this team. He really is. If he's doing... If he's putting up something like 17-10 and 10 a night or 17-9 and 9 a night, along with what Marcus Morris brings to the table and Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett and Alfred Payton... Guys off the bench, Frank Nilakina, Bobby Portis. Something's brewing there. Something is brewing there. That's what the Knicks were hoping for when they put this roster together. And that's what they were hoping for when they had this quote-unquote backup plan when they didn't get Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And by the way, I mean, I don't know what's going on there, but Kyrie Irving and now Kevin Durant, I mean, they're just not playing for the Nets. So imagine where the Knicks would be right now if they had pulled it off. Maybe maybe better, maybe worse, I don't know. But I can't imagine they'd be too far off because the dream, the dream three that we all wanted, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Zion Williamson, they're all hurt. They're all injured. So even if the Knicks did hit the jackpot, where would they be right now? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. I I honestly, you could argue they'd be right where they are right now. You could make that argument. Although I'd argue that the the only other thing I'd say to that is I would think Kyrie Irving could have won you a couple of these games if he was playing. But other than that, I mean, the Knicks wouldn't be too far off. Zion hasn't played a minute in the NBA this year. Not a, he, hasn't been, he hasn't been on the floor for a second in a game this year. Obviously, neither is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. I mean, soap operas everywhere this guy goes. It's incredible. That, was, that would have been the downside of taking Kyrie Irving along with Kevin Durant. And clearly, that's Brooklyn's problem now. I mean, what are they going to do with Kyrie Irving? When, when Kevin Durant comes back, is that going to work between them? And that's something the Knicks would have had to figure out. 
But for now, the Knicks have their own problems to deal with. But right now, they've addressed them the last couple of weeks. They've figured out the guard play. They've figured out the rotation. Defensively, they've been a heck of a lot better the last three games. I mean, the last three games, opponents have scored 82, 193 points against the Knicks. Three games before that, three losses, 129, 123, 121. Night and day defensively. Night and day. It really is. It feels like I'm watching a different team. And in the best way possible. So many guys have stepped up. And the beauty is, knock on wood, this team could get even better. They really could. You're starting to see that become possible with this Knicks team. Very exciting stuff. I'm out of time on this week's show. A lot more positive than last week. I just feel it. You could just when the Knicks win, and you could just feel it. You could just feel it. And it's a winning streak, and it's their best winning streak of the season. Here we are, ten wins on the board. What comes next? You're gonna have to stick around. You're gonna have to stick around. The Knicks are starting to play games that are starting to mean something a little bit more and more as they go on. We'll know a lot more by the time I talk to you next week. Knicks will have four games in the books by the time I talk to you again. Until then, enjoy the early stages of 2020. Happy New Year again to you and yours. And I will see you guys next time on the Shock Shock Knicks podcast on the Posting and Toasting podcast network. See you guys next week.